0: Yo, I'm coming from that 3-6, so that's why I got them brains spinning. Ain't nobody using blinkers, we ain't good at lane switching. Better get a plane ticket, I ain't flying all you chickens though. Always shoot my shot. It swishing off the pick and roll, dishing off the give and go, While my squad is driven so you can catch us on the road. Rip City, are you listening? I'm Christian Gamalen. I'm talking with co-host Austin Caphammer, and this is the Peeps and Plaid podcast. The Blazers are 2-1 and one since the NBA restart. After starting three and a half games behind the eight-seeded Memphis Grizzlies, they defeated them in their first game. Then they lost a close one to the Boston Celtics in a huge comeback attempt that they just narrowly missed. And now they've just defeated the Houston Rockets to show that there's a reason that basketball players are tall. Blazers are officially one and a half games back from the eighth seed with five games to go, and it is tight. The Grizzlies have gone 0-3, but the rest of the West is winning games and keeping it tight. Just two games separate the Blazers from the 13-seeded Suns. So we'll talk about those three games, talk about some other developments, throughout the nba some specific players for the blazers how they've been doing so austin let's just get an initial reaction to this rockets game i mean we saw uh harden and westbrook pretty much get limited a lot of defense from the blazers not too many shots being taken and even less being made by those two james harden almost fouled out anything else uh big in that game
1: well i think we i mean obviously i think in the in the in the season series against the rockets i think uh, James has had a couple good games, but um, I think we also kind of locked him down below his season average in terms of uh, his, his his game average earlier in the year. I, I couldn't, I, I should have looked it up even before we started recording, but um, I, I, I don't know why that is, um, but I, I like it. Um, a lot <laughs> of good effort. I mean, tonight, I would say obviously Gary Trent um, was a, a big effort on both sides of the court. Yeah. Um, and my other initial reaction would be that nurk is huge for us um we didn't run through him quite as much as i would have liked to seen um and lastly that westbrook is just really terrible at shooting a jump shot
0: (laughs) for real dude i mean like we're saying with harden i mean they combined harden and westbrook only 12 made shots 38 points combined between the two of them and that's you know that's james harden who sometimes he'll get a you know 45 50 point triple double So the fact that you're limiting him to that many points is huge when, you know, you also have the mismatch. So it's not like, I mean, it's not like the Blazers have some amazing defensive wings. Obviously, Gary Trent is showing up, but it's not like you're just a crazy long team and he can't do anything. It's, you know, people are showing up in their individual assignments and the defensive sets they're, they're playing are working well.
1: Right, it's interesting because I, I I can't remember if it was on the local broadcast or the national broadcast. Um, Switching it like up, one, yeah, in one of the most recent games. Um, but they they had talked about. I mean, no surprise to any of us that you know the backcourt of the Portland Trail Blazers has been undersized for some time, yes. and now and now our front court is you know. Pretty dramatically oversized, right? Yeah. Like compared to where the league is now, um, so it pre- presents some challenges and some and some pros, you know. So I don't know; it's tough. It's the tough.
0: Blazers are not a. Um a modern team, as far as that goes, where you look at the Bucks and it's just a, lo- a lot of long players who play one through five. You just throw out whatever lineup makes sense. Blazers are, okay, we have two, maybe three really good guards. We have two, maybe three really good big men. And, you know, we'll play either inside or outside and we'll see how it goes. Other teams, they're Which- all about the fast break and all that, and the Blazers just do not have the threes for that.
1: It's so interesting because, and not to not to zoom too far out here, but you know, in, in almost any other occupation in our society nowadays, in terms of how it's been modernized, it's it's really you've become more specialized, and in, and in, in some of in terms of like your position or your role is is kind of been uh, heightened. And yeah. uh, in terms of basketball, it's kind of been become more homogenous, and in, in in just this more um, kind of you know, if everyone could be ball ball, how great would that be? <laughs> yeah, for you real. know, so.
0: That's one thing Nurk was talking about is, like, he's going to have to guard, like, one through three sometimes, and he's just yeah. going to have to get to that level where he can do that effectively, and so far I've seen that he pretty much has, you know? He he hasn't necessarily gotten torched. Um, there was, you know, there's some of the broadcasts that I had to listen to on the radio, which, by the way, was awesome, love the local broadcast team, Travis Demers killing it, but... You know, I, I can't necessarily see everything and if, you know, Yusuf Nurkic is doing well on the switches. So, yeah, but from what I've seen, Nurk has been doing really well. We saw the other game, um, oh, who is that again? Oh, yeah, against Ja Morant. Just playing great defense yeah. against Ja Morant as a seven-footer who's one of the heaviest in the league. So that's yeah. really impressive and, and really good to see that even though he's not, you know, a versatile, long guy, he's just a traditional center who can actually play good defense against quick guards. Yeah. That was really cool. Um so yeah, I mean, anything else? Let's see. The Rockets obviously they're a small ball team. Um everyone wants the Blazers to pound inside obviously. I mean, the the Blazers just dominated in rebounds in this game. Nurk had 19, uh Mello had 11. Dang, everyone had a lot. Yeah, Dame had nine, yeah. Zach Collins seven, CJ seven, Whiteside seven.
1: Zach Collins took a few too many threes for my for my liking in this mm, matchup, yeah.
0: but, you know. Yeah, and I don't know. Some people are like, oh, you got to do more inside. And I, you know, for the most part, I totally agree. On the other hand, I don't know how tired Yusuf Nurkic is. I mean, he, dude's working hard. Dude is, you know, going for every rebound, getting a lot of offensive yeah. ones. Um,
1: he was often getting them among, like, Three or four other players, yeah, against the and there were, I
0: saw there are plenty of them that he's not getting credit for, where he was putting up a fight. So the fact, I don't know. Like, obviously, I want them to go inside, and hopefully, that's going to draw doubles because they don't have someone who can, you know, effectively play defense on him in the paint. But still, it's like, man, sometimes you just got to give the guy a break and play outside. So yeah, I, I'm yeah, cool I like... with how it went down.
1: I, I'm, I'm curious what was kind of going on there in the in the kind of uh, thick of it in the fourth quarter there was a uh, or honestly it, it may have been kind of down the stretch where Dame pulled aside everybody and he was very you know clearly talking with nurk yeah and was was kind of coaching him on something specifically and and, and nurk was kind of like acting as if he was like kind of like obviously imitating someone on the uh, on, on the rockets kind of almost mm-hmm. like faking the flop or something like that yeah. but um I don't know. Did you happen to catch that?
0: I did not catch that. No. Okay. I wonder if that's something okay. they'll talk about in the um, post game press conference.
1: Yeah, I mean, it was interesting. It definitely seemed like. Um, what's interesting is I, I've thought a lot about this since I think we played. Was it Denver in one of the scrimmages? Right. Or am, I, or am I just or was Denver just one of the kind of like highlight teams? Right. They
0: were because of bull bull. I don't think we right, played right, them. Right. Right. No. Right.
1: I mean. Um, Oh goodness! No. Okay. All right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I I, that 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 it doesn't really apply then. Never mind. I'm sorry. Oh, you're good,
0: dude. Uh, so a couple other things from this game. Anthony Simons put in his first bubble minutes. Um, did great at the start of it, not so much later on. Uh, only had three points, which came like right at the start of it. So I was like, dang, Anthony came to play, but went one for four, one for three from three. Uh, I mean. It's... He's just putting these hundred dollar moves on with no with the ninety
1: nine cent finish, man. It's, it's really it's really Ooh. sad because I was watching that earlier too, Christian. That confidence that he was kind of like, you know how I think Lamar was talking about it in a recent game where he was like, a guard will have to kind of back up, reset, reassess, yeah. and, you know it's kind of like duh, right? But um, there's there is kind of an art to that, and 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 there's a certain kind of confidence that some players kind of bring to it. You know, yeah. like if you watch LeBron James do that, it's like, oh
0: gosh, you know. Oh, Here man. comes
1: like the, it's like a bull with a matador. You're like, oh gosh, totally. he's really, he's, yeah. And he's um, reset
0: at the three. Yep, he's ready. Yeah. yeah. So, um, I'm sorry, player before LeBron. Uh, Anthony Simons, what? Anthony Simons. Yeah. yeah. So he was,
1: he was, so I got off track. I was just thinking about that. We're beautiful. Good. Uh, anyways, <laughs> uh, so Anthony Simons, he was, he was doing that. He was in the first quarter, he was kind of like, kind of bouncing in bouncing out really really aggressively and he was finding his spots yeah and they just weren't going yeah and that's kind of been his story of the bubble and kind of the season right i mean the shots just won't go
0: yeah i mean it's it's exactly like with the scrimmages where he wasn't making like anything and then at the last scrimmage he was making them and he's like well it's the same shots it's just they were falling this time and that's that's just what you got to live with and and it's pretty true i mean when I look at the Rockets, it's like, yeah, they're small ball, and that's going to work when the threes are falling, but if if you're having an off-shooting night, you have nothing else you can rely on, and it's not sustainable long-term. So that's, you know, that's kind of the dilemma of being a guard, where luckily Dame is an elite finisher inside, so, you know, you can still contribute. Obviously, he contributes in so many other ways, too, um, but even when his shot isn't falling, he has more to contribute, whereas with Anthony Simons he needs the shot to fall and that's going to affect his confidence throughout the rest of the game
1: well so then I'll ask you two follow-up questions to to Simon's struggles as of late the first being do you think that he's settling for shots and the second being do you think there might be something wrong with the shot mechanic because I know that his shot is very quick sometimes it looks gorgeous but it does look a little funky
0: to me it it does his follow-through and the way he like leans forward into it it it's a little funky but it, i mean it does look great when the when the shot goes in <laughs> right, uh, right as as, is, as does
1: even the, even marcus camp and eh, no he's never mind but yeah, yeah. The, the candy man shot never looked good
0: <laughs> i mean i don't know i don't know how much he's settling i think it is just i mean it's gonna be lots year, of shots off thing. the dribble. It's gonna Lots be a year-to-year year thing because he's not gonna show up and be Damian Lillard as much as Neil Olshey wants him to. You know, um, he he's young and he's gonna progress. And yes, other players come in young and and come in dominating. Uh, I think for him, it's gonna be hard to get that confidence when he's behind Dame C.J. and Gary Trent, and he's coming off the bench. And then and then all the you know, we all we all talk about puffing people up, but you know, Twitter's going after Anfernee whenever he's missing shots. Uh, not yeah. saying that he's he cares but if he does then that's not gonna help <laughs> um but yeah gary trent obviously is showing up uh his nickname will definitely be 100 trent until someone tells me otherwise because he puts in 100 effort and he is amazing and his defense on john morant is insane and his defense on anyone else who wants to run into him he just shows up like he's the best defender in the league it's amazing
1: yeah i mean i hope it continues i mean for real I don't know if it's just like common in in professional basketball, but, or if it's just a Trailblazers thing, but I feel like we've, most teams have that narrative, you know, at least once a year of a player who comes in flame on and then kind of, but, but, you know, he does have that confidence. And I think a lot of people, I think myself included, and maybe I'll have to go back and see if I can find a snippet of one of our previous recordings, said that, you know, he had that NBA body. He was, he was the more, his ceiling was lower. Yep. I mean it's still a beautiful ceiling, but the ceiling was lower, <laughs> not quite 16 was... Chapel. <laughs> All right, but he was he was there. Yes. He was there. I, he was he, yeah.
0: At the start of last season when we were talking about him it was, "Hey, Anthony Simons, you know, I if you're if you're a late first round pick, you want to get someone with high upside that, you know, maybe wasn't proven enough to be in the lottery but has the chance to be a lottery type of player." Um and then in in the second round, you want to get someone who could probably contribute, or an even more raw prospect. One of the two. So with Gary Trent, it's like okay, he has more size. Hopefully, he can play the two or the three, um, and hopefully, he can defend. And he's <laughs> shown that now. That's for sure. Um, so yeah, Gary Trent. How tall is he? He's six, six five or six six. I mean,
1: yeah. I mean, so what's the, what would you say is average for a small forward in the league? Small forward, uh, like six seven. So I mean, he's but he is slightly under, but he,
0: he makes up for it. He's athletic. Yeah, yeah. He's long. Yeah, I mean he. Yeah, I mean against most teams in the league, he can play small forward. But obviously, yeah. the best teams in the league probably not like yeah for significant Maybe the, minutes. Maybe not against LeBron or Kawhi or Giannis right. or something. You, you never ramp. know where they're gonna play. But um, a lot of
1: those guys are playing the four now, though.
0: Yeah, I know. Like. It's, That's it's, so it's tricky.
1: sad. What?
0: But but with that being said, if they're playing the four, then they probably have a three who's around the size where Gary Trent can reasonably yeah. guard them, and and he's shown that he can pretty much guard anyone as long as they're not a big man. Um, but but I do mean, you think
1: anyone like do you think when we're older we're going to be talking to our kids and we'll be like referring to any of those superstars that maybe when we first started watching them were small forwards and then are now kind of playing that four
0: as power forwards? I don't think so. I mean, what aspect do you mean? Like that, that they, what are we going to talk yeah. about?
1: Like referring to them, let's say when we're having these, these kind of ridiculous hypotheticals that people do nowadays with, with current and past players. Yeah. In the future, you know, when we're referring to, you know, LeBron James, Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Durant as, uh, are, I mean, obviously they're forwards, but would you, would you say, yeah, they made the transition to a power forward later in their career? Or would you just say it was
0: the era of the stretch four? To me, I, it's hard to define, of course. I mean, it's it's all fluid, and, and basketball is so quote-unquote positionless right now, but to yeah. me, those guys are threes. LeBron's a three, Kawhi's a three, Kevin Durant's a three. Obviously, yeah. they're going to play some point forward, they're going to play inside sometimes, Kevin Durant is going to defend like a center plenty of times, but you know it's still it's sp- still
1: paul Millsap, kevin love and uh yeah I mean, griffin as power forwards for it's, you
0: it's a little slower brand yeah. of basketball a little a little more focus on rebounding and obviously right now being a stretch for um which obviously they could do but just just their style of play does not i mean they have the power to be a power forward that is clear um but yeah, I mean, in my head, they're, they're threes. Like, Do you, you think put, the power forward position will ever gravitate back to that? Uh, I mean, it's all relative, because, like, what is Zion Williamson, you know? And at the same time, like... Dude, what, he's the
1: best of both worlds.
0: <laughs> right? And it, it, it's been... A little murky of waters probably for 50 years i mean i'm not saying magic johnson was 50 years ago but like magic johnson was a 610 point guard and he won finals mvp as a center in his rookie season i believe so yeah i mean it basketball has always had some aspect of being positionless and it's it's more based on your specific skill set we see draymond green playing center at 6'6 um, obviously, Dennis Rodman just wrecking on rebounds at six six, six seven. So, it's all kind of relative. Um, yep. So, anyway, back to the Blazers, yeah? Yes. Gary Trent is awesome, and he's amazing, and he blows my mind. And he's, I would say, outside of Dame, I feel like he's most confident player on the team. Like, Dame, then Gary Trent Jr. Just you look at him on the court, and he is fearless, completely fearless like there's plenty of things nurk does where it's like dang nurk's awesome in this way but you know he's like relying on dame you know he's relying on some external uh forces to give him confidence whereas gary trent jr's like i'm here i'm gonna show up and i'm gonna swat this ball right back in your face like and i feel without like, a doubt uh,
1: and i was just kind of like mentally like kind of filing through each of the other players and, and kind of where they are yeah you know in terms of like our perception from the from the viewer standpoint um you know what I've collected is CJ and like uh Melo and Zach and nurk those are passionate players those mm. are passionate players for sure passionate players are not always steadfast confident yeah because they're passionate yeah and with that to some degree if it's not kind of controlled which is rare then you can get, you can swing you know yeah. and i think um i've cj is probably the most uh, composed amongst that kind of subgrouping but the rest of them can get very easily you know caught up in a fight caught up in you know something yeah. and and it can it can take their head out of the game yeah and dame is dame you know I mean, <laughs> we don't even need to talk about that but right. Gary, in this kind of vacuum of these, the sample of a season that we've that we've seen him excel in the second half, I would say you're absolutely hitting the nail on the head. Yeah, you know he it does he kind of approach. It looks like it looks like whenever the camera's on him, he's approaching each possession either side of the court with the same mentality.
0: Exactly, and we haven't quite seen enough of a sample size to see if that continues when his shot isn't falling because he's been nailing those threes but man just looking at him his face his determination how how quick he moves with someone like he's ready to switch side to side wherever he needs to go to keep that guy in front of him he's on top of it he's on top well, of ch- his assignment
1: chicken or the egg though christian i mean i think it was i right? think it was the uh the broadcasters the local broadcaster saying you know is it is it potentially his defense that's giving him this confidence on offense? Absolutely. And while he is a young player in the league, that's going to be ever present.
0: Yeah.
1: You know, that doesn't the defense, the effort, that only disappears if if he lets it, you know, at this point or if there's an injury or whatever. Yeah. scheme scheme change, team change. But you know, and then and then by the time he gets you know, this is way ahead. <laughs> Hypothetical. By the time he gets to the latter parts of his career, he can have that confidence. Yeah. From, but you know, as a young person in this league, playing that kind of defense, it's 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 a good safety
0: net. Yeah. And and on the flip side of that, watching Hassan Whiteside tonight, there were plenty of possessions where I felt like he moved on too quick. Like I'm not I'm not a fan of of shaming or of you know lingering on the negative. But I feel like he's been told one too many times, all right, move on, let's go to the next possession. Because it's like he'll get the ball and he'll give up you know, 50 60% effort, try to get a shot, it doesn't go in. And then he just turns around like, all right, time to get on defense. And it's, it's like, no, you are seven feet tall and these guys are six foot six and you had an open lane and... And you should have dunked it or at least put it, you know, a couple inches from the basket and made sure it went in. Um, And he's just like, oh, that one didn't go in too bad. It's like, no, this is a different scenario for most games and you need to capitalize. Um, And I just didn't see that where, yeah, I, I just feel like he should have felt more weight on it. Like, okay, I need to... Make sure I'm giving it my all on each possession. I'm not wasting the possessions. It's not the end and of the Hassan, world if I miss. But
1: Hassan's another one of those guys who is performatively, uh, you know, confident. And I'm not saying that it's not you know uh, backed up um, a lot of the times, especially when he's doing well, rebounding well. But I think that I think that we'd be kidding ourselves if we didn't say that the minutes that Yusuf is receiving, the the style of play that he's playing at, and and. I, I, I don't know i i i suppose it's a, a lot of um assumptions here but i think i think hassan's probably uh probably in his head a little bit
0: yeah yeah I think so for sure and and it's obviously scary that it's already seeming to affect Hassan in this short a time i mean he's he's not he's not getting as many minutes as i would think i mean what what are his minutes at 17
1: for 17 against the rockets at least i know tonight yep,
0: but 18 against the celtics and i just want to say really quick like or sorry business, I, yeah. I
1: i i took a journalism course in my last year of college here just a couple years ago and and they talked about how like some of these type of things that like like quote unquote bloggers and podcasters say can kind of discredit them um in terms of uh, you know respectable opinions but we don't. I don't often uh, assume or critique like where a player's head is at. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And, like, but but it's 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 apparent. It's apparent.
0: Yeah, and it's it's kind of reasonable because we talk about you know Hassan's a starting center, Nurk's a starting center, and we've talked about how Hassan maybe chases stats a little more uh, than he does actual solid defense. You know, um, not to say that he's a bad player. He's he's been great at times and been very good in others. Um, And I I think he's a great basketball player. I'd love to have him on my team. And he is on my team right now. Um, (laughs) I don't think it works well with him and Nurk, like we've said. And on top of that, he sees himself as a starting center. And he's been told by this team that he is a starting center and the starting center. Um, So when he is leading the league in blocks and second in rebounds, and he's getting less minutes than Gary Trent Jr. by half the amount he's getting half the amount of minutes gary trent Jr. is getting um yeah that that gets to your head and and you're like what the heck i, I thought i was a part of this team you know right, right um so it's it's not to say like oh my gosh Hassan, be a professional get better um but it's like
1: yeah I it's mean, almost expected
0: yeah and it's like if you want to get paid next season by this team earn or, or a different team then you're going to need to show up when it matters right now you know yeah, I don't know. It's it's. I tough. think he's
1: gonna get paid regardless with by another team, but if he wants to get paid by by our team, I think that. I don't know.
0: To... It. I mean, I feel like, I feel like it's really gonna depend on, how things go this postseason because, he's like, there's a baseline he's gonna get paid. I don't know what that is. I don't know if it's five, seven, nine, ten million. But you see, guys like Ennis Cantor, they got they got bought for cheap last off season and Clint capella got traded for cheap this trade deadline um hassan might be a step ahead of both of them but there's also some some attitude questions um both in miami and yeah
1: centers are sort of like um almost like the linemen of the nba yeah
0: i mean it's not like the quarterback where they set the market and it's like all right you know, here's what he got paid, here's what I'm getting paid. It's like, you know, right. it ebbs and flows. Sometimes centers are getting paid, sometimes they're struggling.
1: And it's yeah. it, it's it's very rarely um, a highly skilled position. It can mm-hmm. be. The guys that are highly skilled at those positions can get paid just as much as any other player on the floor. Shaq. <laughs> um, Hassan yeah, Whiteside an, in his last contract. Aaron, Aaron Donald in the NFL. Um, yes. But, you know, I think that they're Everybody else in the middle of the pack in that position is is there's a lot of them. Yeah. And and in terms of where they're being pushed to skill wise now at a younger age, it pays to uh, invest in someone like Ball Ball and yeah, Carl. Carl Yeah, Carl Anthony Towns. Yeah. You know, that's that's tomorrow's center.
0: Totally. Yep. Yeah. Well. We started with the Rockets game. Uh, why don't we go back to another win? We're gonna we're gonna skip around. Let's go to the Grizzlies game. That was an amazing first game for the Blazers to start the season. A win in overtime. Lots of ups and downs. Uh, very close game. Obviously, it went to overtime. Uh, I was <gasps> thinking down the stretch because there was foul trouble for it was Zach and Nurk. I was like, why are you keeping Nurkin this whole time? Obviously, it makes sense. And and the Grizzlies um, had Valanchunas in foul trouble. So it was like, okay, capitalize when they're not playing Valentunis. But it's possible to go to overtime. I was thinking that. And then next thing you know, Zach Collins and Nurkic both foul out, which is crazy for their first game back. Um, And Blazers are able to squeak it out, which was great. And, and they showed up in that overtime. But it's like man, I would like to have that little extra insurance of, yes, we can play these guys when we need to, but I also can can understand wanting to close out in the fourth quarter and not send it to overtime.
1: Jaron Jackson, Jackson was the kryptonite in that game, in my, in my opinion. I think yeah. John ja Morant, ja Morant grossly underperformed, mm-hmm. um, and Jaron Jackson's, you know, obviously for the wrong reason, right? I mean... All things considered, I would have loved the Portland Trailblazers to be perfectly healthy and, and beat every team in, in a regular season and regular playoff format this year. Yeah. But, you know, um, you know, so, yeah, I would have, I would like for the Blazers to say, yeah, we can match up toe-to-toe with the Grizzlies, even with Jaron Jackson. But, you know, now he's out with that torn meniscus. I don't know if we've – have we addressed that yet?
0: No, we haven't.
1: So, I mean, now he's out, and, and I don't know what the timeline is for that. Uh, but he was big time in that game. He's yeah. big time. He's automatic from yeah. the corner.
0: Jared I mean, he's great. He is I mean, what I th- I think he plays a traditional stretch four, right? So, he'll he'll be a good one of those for the next decade. Traditional. So, I mean, as far as I mean, he's not playing like LeBron James. He's posting up. He's I g- i'm sorry yeah. i apologize yeah. i
1: apologize in in terms of our discussion earlier yeah maybe maybe yeah, yeah, not yeah, 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 you know yeah, yeah. the year
0: 2000 <laughs> but like <laughs> yes yes yeah the last five six eight years Gosh. like what a stretch four plays like but he's it's, doing it's, a, so very it's a pretty
1: well. it's a pretty fast news cycle nowadays that's so. that's for sure yeah that's, but actually
0: i was just talking about that with matt who we had on on the podcast one time uh yeah. we were talking about how the stretch four has just become so huge in the last like eight years and we we're talking about like do we think anthony davis was kind of the the, the start of that because obviously nurk uh nurk dirk Nowitzki uh is a stretch four and can shoot three never never really shot a ton of threes but could shoot threes and could shoot long twos like crazy Lamarcus, he wasn't that
1: athlete though getting to the rim yeah i mean or or around the rim
0: totally anthony davis is just an animal that's for sure but was it like that eight years ago where suddenly everyone shoots because now we see robin lopez shoots threes we see even you know mason plumley i think shoots threes so yeah i mean everyone shoots three pointers now was it around that 2012 time when when they're like you know what the stretch four is the prototype four is this what we want um I feel like it was around there because I I even remember back like 2014. It was like, oh, if the Blazers could get Spencer Hawes, they'd have a a big that can shoot. That would be amazing. Um, and that that's how low the bar was was Spencer Hawes. Not to, not to just talk crap on Spencer Hawes, but um, he was old at the time too. So I remember that. It's like now everyone can shoot. It seems it's it's crazy how it's evolved just in the last decade.
1: Yeah, I would say just like like. So I would say. Not even just in basketball, but like openness, access to information, and people's confidence in themselves, yeah, ha, 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 has just like grown in general in our world. And I, I think that a lot of these players, if you if you if you ask them behind closed doors, I think I can't remember who it was. Um, I think it was. Maybe it was about Mario during all this, like the off-season training, or or somebody here. No, it was Nurk. I'm sorry, it was Nurk um, yeah. that was wedding these threes right yeah. in practice. Yep. They're like, oh yeah, like he does that all the time in practice. <laughs> and you know, and like, you talk to players, you see, you hear those stories other times where players are like, oh, you should see him in practice. And, mm-hmm. and I think twenty years ago, there wasn't this kind of you know, just in the world in general, like willingness for people to, you know, coaches saying, hey, you know, I'm a player's coach, yeah, right? I'm about the player. This kind of, uh, you know, take your chance. You know, Mm -hmm. I think Ben Simmons has a sports psychologist helping him with his confidence to take threes, (laughs) right? Like that's the most like 2020 thing I've heard, right? Absolutely.
0: Basketball, so. um, Yeah, I feel like back in the day, it was like, okay, you're this big body that's unpolished and we need to focus all of our efforts into having you do what you need to do well where we don't have the luxury to have you work on your your three-point shot you know whereas now for the most part players are coming in with a bit more skill with a lot more personal training and more time and energy put into it um i i think i assume um so so they can allow them to focus on some other things like shooting threes and they see how important that is because other teams have raised the bar and they're like well if our bigs are shooting threes like well, if theirs are, we, we need to shoot threes too. Right. So it just kind of changes the that whole aspect of the game. Um, I don't know. It's crazy.
1: I think it's. I think. I think it's. It's. It's too tough. Like most things, to just pin it on any one player to say this was the inception of. Yeah. Um. You know when this had began. I think. You know Dirk was. You know this phenomenal shooter and even off the dribble shooter, but and 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 even post up. Player, but you yeah. know fin- finishing getting to the rack, maybe not. You know, LaMarcus yeah.
0: Aldridge kind of similar. Chris Bosh, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean but... Chris Bosh definitely made a lot of clutch threes in his career. A lot against the Blazers. Those sucked. um LaMarcus didn't really shoot threes until he left Portland. I mean, that's true. He, that's he true. went to San Antonio and like immediately shooting threes. And it's, like, really some of those of deep
1: twos, man. Some of those uh, deep twos. And like against Houston in that uh-huh. in that first playoff series with Dame, oh, when he was putting dude. up like forty point to fifty point game after
0: uh, after that one was another, insane.
1: Some of those deep turnaround twos by Lamarcus Aldridge felt like six point
0: shots. Right? Oh my gosh! Like Lamarcus, people are gonna forget how good Lamarcus was. He he was crazy good. I mean, he he stopped the flow of the game. Y- you send the ball to him, and it's like, all right, we'll be here for the next twenty seconds. But then he'd score and you're like, Oh my yeah. gosh, this guy's crazy good. Yeah. How's he doing it again? Um be
1: like an NFL team running out the clock, like just, just running the ball every yeah. single possession, you know? Yeah.
0: And and that's that's more of the power forward thing where it's it's like yeah. the the small forward, they're gonna do some more slashing, they're gonna do some more spot up shooting, whereas the four, they're gonna get the ball, you know, in the post and they're gonna work. So that's that's one more differentiation as we wrestle with what the heck a power forward is in this episode. So, yeah, yeah that, that Grizzlies game. Maybe that'll
1: be the title of this episode. What the heck is a, is a power forward?
0: What the heck is a power forward? Um, so, yeah, that Grizzlies game, it's a good game. CJ shot well, 33 points, 14 for 21. Uh, Dame has been kind of in and out throughout these three games. Um, he was 10 for 22 that game, 29 points. It's like him and Nurk just get these points that I don't even see happening. Like, right. oh, somehow they're still doing really well this game, and it seems like all I see are missed shots, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. But against the Celtics, I mean, he showed up. He he had some Dame time in there. Unfortunately, Blazers weren't able to close it out, but like he was playing good defense on Jason Tatum, and Jason Tatum was showing up. So Dame's, uh, Dame's
1: a great defender uh, against opponents that are are larger he's yeah he's he's,
0: just in the last two to three seasons he's polished that area of his game totally and and not as good against players that are shorter chris paul i mean chris paul has yogi he's got some sort of powers on dame i don't know what it is yogi ferrell right yeah yogi ferrell true yeah (laughs) that's interesting we got to look more into that because i mean i've always known dame struggles against chris paul for the most part but i wonder where that height barrier is his he, buddy
1: Tim, uh, what was his name? He played for the Pelicans, played for played with Tim him. Frazier, Yeah. Tim he's like he's like a play against Tim. He gets me better. He's <laughs> I think he's
0: shorter. I don't think so. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. He's he's gotta get uh Jalen Adams, he's six foot. Yeah, not just guarding him. I'm sure I mean he's gotta be quick, right? He was like G League MVP. So yeah, now to the uh actually wait, we already talked started talking about that Celtics game. Uh fun fact Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown are good at basketball. Uh, it is confirmed. They both can shoot threes. They both can do it all. They both can dunk. Uh, Jason Tatum has the killer gene. Jalen Brown was making three pointers late in the game. He was six, what for, a, six for eight. What, Jason Tatum was five for eight from three.
1: What an interesting position kind of combo in terms of your stars. Shooting Dude. guard and small forward.
0: I mean, I mean it's like uh, a little bit like Kawhi and Paul George. Bit similar where Jalen Brown... Is yeah, just PG. More, just,
1: I think that's a three. That's more of a three and a four nowadays, though,
0: right? It is. Obviously, they play kind of weird because they they bring Lou Will off the bench, they bring Montrez off the bench. Um, so I, I think they kind of go either you way. Could make they, it, you make you could honestly yeah.
1: make an argument for any position now, right? You yeah, know, totally.
0: Yeah, but but yeah, th- those two guys are between two and four, and Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum are between two and four. But they also have Gordon Hayward, who is still showing up. I mean, he was twenty-two points, four for five three pointers. So he's he cashed in, man. He yeah. cashed in on that contract because he was he was doing fantastic for Utah.
1: But since then, he he hasn't been anywhere near where he was in Utah.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it's good to see him playing good again after that huge injury. But yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, Celtics that could be really good. <laughs> yeah, that
1: could be minutes, and and you know, there's so many shots right like and and he's playing with some really young talented players as well but
0: yeah and um, and Tice did well I mean it it doesn't show too much on the box score four for four is obviously great to not miss a shot uh only two rebounds three assists but he was playing good defense and uh at least at the start of the game setting the tempo of you know Nurkic you may be more skilled more powerful than me but I'm gonna show up and show you I'm not here to just be a pushover. They find these
1: workhorse, like, foreign white dudes, like Aaron Baines, Tice, like, and it's like, what? Where do you find these guys? It's like the Spurs,
0: like, a decade ago. Yeah. (laughs) Like, doing the same thing, just finding some, like, international players and just some some big players that you wouldn't expect to have the skills or the the drive that they have. And, yeah, Daniel Tice just showed up, so we'll see if he continues that in the playoffs or if it's just when he knows there's going to be two really big centers in his face. Yeah. Um, so that was a great game. Blazers Celtics, unfortunately. Blazers lost. It was a huge comeback that they uh, they had going. They were down I don't know how much they were down, what like Celtics 20, were coming something? off a
1: loss though, right?
0: Uh yes, yeah. Uh Jalen Brown and, and, and Jason Tatum struggled the game before. Or at least big Jason struggled. Tatum did. Yeah. Um, big
1: struggled, yeah.
0: But they both showed up. There there's the there's the thing uh back before COVID with Jason Tatum when his beard fully connected he's an animal now he's just going off the walls making everything all that and then now it was when he got his hair cut, now he's showing up so jason tatum apparently has supernatural hair that affects his basketball playing abilities
1: i think i think i think these big market fans just get delusional when they uh. have them. just just a just a droplet of failure oh they're just like what could it be
0: <laughs> it's the hair let me tell you, it's the hair. It's gotta be the hair. It's because Tackle Fall isn't playing. <laughs> yeah, they just, they
1: just, they. Just, it's like they've been in a desert for hours. Anyways, uh, we got, we got the Blazers Nuggets on Thursday at five oof, August sixth. We got them. Uh, huh? Is that our last one?
0: Uh, all of a sudden the schedule that I'm looking at got all funky. But, um, you're saying the last game? No, we have. 5 games left. That is 1 of 5 games. Mavericks. Then Blazers play the Clippers, then 76ers, then Mavericks, then Nets. And 76ers, ooh, looks like Mavericks. yeah, they're going every other day except from Clippers to 76ers, that's a back to back. August 8th and okay. August 9th.
1: So just 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 rattle those off. I'll give you my win or
0: loss. All right. Rattle them off. Blazers Nuggets 2 days from now. It's a win. Blazers Clippers one. two days after it's a loss next day against the 76ers that's a win all right uh Mavericks two days later that's a loss and the Nets after that that's a win oof so we're going three, three and, two. and two yeah all right well um when we look at the standings okay okay <laughs> hang on i gotta i gotta really pull this up to get this right because it is wild in the wild wild west let me tell you uh no i don't want baseball standings i don't know why that came up uh anyway blazers are one and a half games behind the grizzlies right now okay even though this thing is delayed and says they're two games behind anyway spurs are a half game behind the blazers then pelicans are a full game behind the blazers then Suns are a game and a half behind the Blazers. So Suns have gone 3-0 and since the bubble started. So Suns are not rolling over. Spurs are not rolling over. Uh, like, I thought that they were just done because LaMarcus was not playing, and, I mean, they're right behind the Blazers. They were tied with them before the Blazers just beat the Rockets. Do, so. do Suns have Aiton right now, or is he still doing PEDs? Oh, uh, they should have him. That was like start of the season with was the PED thing, right? Or, or, uh, I don't know. or did he get caught another time? He had,
1: he had some injuries, PDs. I mean, he's hardly ever there. I don't. I just. I'm just more curious if he's
0: even on the court. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like he's on the court. Yep. I have not watched a Suns game, but I have watched Booker. Did you see what he did? Unreal. Oh, crazy Booker! Uh, end of the game, from three, uh, he dribbles, mm. dribbles up. No, no, no. Mm. no, no. He yeah, drib- yeah, yeah, yeah. dribbles up. He's got Kawhi on him. Paul George comes over to help um basically he picks up his dribble uh-huh. he
1: pivots mm-hmm. he, he picks up his dribble he pivots away from um, from both of them at the
0: elbow and then fades and knocks it down in his face for the win and paul george is a millimeter from that ball with his hand like so close to blocking it devin booker slides back beautiful slide just just staring that ball down as it goes through the basket devin booker showed up and it was legit I think people are giving it a little too much credit, um, just because they're they're not used to that because it's probably the first big Devin shot Booker in the, in the gets bubble.
1: some of the most like underground momentum and like push in, in NBA Twitter that there is Devin. Everyone uh, I mean, that's true. Everyone wants Devin Booker to succeed.
0: Yep. I mean, I have always been a Devin Booker fan because he is the first NBA player that was younger than me. So I was like, all right, yeah. Yeah. I, I got to follow this guy. First guy that's, that I am senior to that is in the NBA. So, um.
1: That's always kind of like a traumatizing moment. Oh, dude. Just briefly. You're just like, damn.
0: Damn. Dude, don't, <laughs> don't even remind me. I'm like, oh, man. I'm so unathletic. It is ridiculous to see what these kids are doing.
1: <laughs> oh, oh, man. Uh,
0: but, yeah. Devin Booker put up 70 points one time, so I'm like, yep, that's the guy. That's the guy hey, right there.
1: So so, so very important side quest here. <laughs> what did I hear about a four games back qualifies for a play-in?
0: Yes. What uh, is that? So eight seed is is the eight seed. Nine seed, if the nine seed is within four games of the eight seed, then they will play a playing Just
1: between the two teams? Just
0: or? between the two. So 10 seed ah. doesn't, doesn't matter if it's like one... They could both be one game behind the 8 seed, and then the 9 seed has the tiebreaker over the 10 seed. Whoever's in the 10 seed is out. They're just out. So whoever's in 9 seed, if they're within four games, which it looks like it's going to take a miracle for there not to be this one-game playoff because it's tight. So, um, yeah. Yeah. That playing oh, tournament, wait, wait, wait. it's going to be whoever's the nine seed has to win twice in a row, whereas the eight seed only has to win once. And Blazers have a real shot at getting that eight seed, which would be amazing. I, I mean, the Grizzly, okay. Grizzlies should not keep the eight seed, considering Jaron Jackson is out for the season with a torn meniscus. That being said, we can look at the game and a half and think, wow, we went from three and a half to game and a half real quick obviously they can close that gap in five games but one of those games was directly cause and effect blazers won grizzlies lost that was you know against the grizzlies yes. so that closes that gap real Which quick was huge um, yeah so it's it takes more factors than just winning to close that because the grizzlies could win um other teams might be resting guys there's things like that uh, okay. but hopefully blazers could get that eight seed um and have Very, very good shot of going to the real playoffs.
1: So are you buying or or are you selling this? The Blazers will be in that tournament. Whether it's an 8th or ninth seed, they will be in that tournament.
0: Okay, here's how I'm looking at it. Uh, I think Pelicans could definitely show up and start winning more games uh, because they struggled at the start. Spurs were on a roll. I do not think that roll is going to continue. I think the Suns will continue to roll a bit. So I think it's between Blazers, Suns, and then and, and then maybe Pelicans. Yep. Uh, but with okay, the the two it's things Blazers, are Blazers,
1: Pelicans. It's Blazers, Pelicans.
0: I mean, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's
1: and it's Damian Lillard putting thirty five on Drew Holiday for sweet poetic justice.
0: Yeah, and and if the Blazers lose the next two games, that's massive that is massive cuz they lose to the nuggets they lose to the clippers and they're on a back to back against the 76ers. So with that it's like shoot cuz if you don't win that if if you don't win one of the next three games your season is over. Uh, I mean it would take a miracle it would take all the other teams just sucking but just Denver with-
1: Denver can the reason I said that's a winnable game is because they can I've seen it they can get very complacent they're they've already got the upper seating, yeah. And some of their star players, be it Jokic, right? I yeah. mean are laxadaisical with their ball.
0: Yeah. I, I think that's a winnable game. I think that's it's definitely more winnable for the Clippers. I think the Blazers match up better with the Nuggets than the Clippers, obviously, because they don't have elite defenders for those, you know, big, small forwards that And that... now
1: we've got the front court to match yeah. up with them. Exactly. So And so we're I think... more disciplined.
0: Yeah, I, I think Blazers definitely have a better shot of winning that Nuggets game. I pretty much agree with you on which games we're gonna win and lose. Blazers better win that game against the Nets to end the season. Um I actually think uh er, tr- 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 I think Blazers beat the Nets, beat the Mavericks, beat the Sixers, lose to the Clippers, beat the Nuggets. I think they go four and one the rest of the wow, season. That is positive. I think they do. I mean Can you imagine th-
1: if we had Rodney Hood? Can right you now imagine if we had Trevor Ariza? <laughs> yeah.
0: Dude, uh, uh, oh, I dude, I want Ariza back so bad. It came out Chris Haynes was like, oh, we talked to some Blazers players. They had reached out to Ariza and said, dude, you should come back. Um, the NBA, I seriously want the NBA to make an exception because here's the thing. He's not, as far as I know, there could be more factors than this. Who knows? He didn't opt out because of COVID. He opted out to spend time with his son, okay? normally the nba season does not go through july okay never not not even once not one season that i know of has the nba season ever gone to july he has the month of july to spend you with could, his son
1: you could make the argument that all <laughs> of that being out of sorts as it is is yeah. enough reason to stay strict with whatever bylaws they've put in place to this point just saying just you're, saying you're just saying, out. you're just saying with the bubble or what yeah, I mean, well, so, so your reasoning is that, you know, none of this is normal, mm-hmm. so what's the point in kind of being a hard-ass about some of these, uh, you know, I don't know what the word would be, constraints yes. that we put yes. on these players? My point would be that if you were on another team and you didn't like it, you could make the same argument and say, you know, we all, this is already not normal enough. Mm -hmm. You know, you've said this is the rule, you know, stick by it, because enough of this is fluid. But, you know, I get what you're saying. I get what you're saying. But he he made the decision. I think I respect it, and and, uh, that's that.
0: Yeah, but it's like he is an NBA player who is on a contract and all that. Like, he's not just – he's not a guy trying to get into – it's not like Tracy McGrady joining the Spurs to try to win a championship. This is a regular player on a regular team who – you know, I don't know the full circumstances, but I'm guessing had the month That's of fair. July set aside to spend with his son already. That's fair.
1: And you're and, and you and, and and you're. So, really, what I'm hearing you say is like a lot of those, a lot of those constraints were really developed for like the odd timing with free agency and 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 yeah. and it being the summer and 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 teams wanting to make moves, not not being a, a player that was already on their roster.
0: Yeah. So, to me, if if Trevor Ariza wants to come back, if if like if the stuff with his son is just set to July and he's now, you know, has no... uh, He's not constricted by his circumstances like he would have been otherwise. If he wants to come back, like, please send in a request for an exception, Portland Trailblazers. Um, Because, you know, I mean, maybe they already have and they said no. I don't know. But worst case scenario, they say no. Just go for it because... These are very specific circumstances that it's not like he's like, oh, I'm scared of COVID. I, I quit the season. You know, it, right. it was very specific situation that, I don't know. I just feel like that's a perfect reason for an exception. That's for sure. All right, man. Well,
1: uh, were there any last minute topics that you wanted to cover here?
0: Uh, not that I can think of. Devin Booker hit a shot. Jaron Jackson's out for season. the season. Blazers are awesome, especially Gary Trent Jr., damian lillard shows up against the celtics i think that's it yeah okay people well uh christian will be uh departing here for
1: just a couple weeks um and uh, i will potentially be searching for a a guest maybe for an episode or two um if not we'll be we'll be uh linking back up with you guys here soon and be very closely keeping an eye on the portland Blazers activity um definitely check our twitter or instagram for any updates uh at peeps in plaid go ahead and listen to us on if you're not already um stitcher um i don't know if that should have been. i don't know if that should have been namely the first thing that i said but um stitcher apple Podcasts. we have a really uh, good
0: relationship with stitcher we're on yeah. there non-stop
1: yeah, um, Anchor. Honestly, I noticed that I think obviously the large majority of our listeners listen via Apple Podcasts, but mm-hmm. um, I think a- Anchor FM, guys. If you ever just click, or you're just too lazy to go and search it up, you're not subscribing already, which you should be. You can Bro. always just listen on Anchor FM. Anchor's um, great. Yeah, it's it's pretty user friendly. So, um, and as always, send us some music, um, and thank you to our artists that already have, and we'll be reaching out here soon for some new
0: tunes. So good. Go Blazers.